guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag podcast presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole, with my co-hosts, Anissa, Kristen, and Mariah. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words, and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to the Not Just a Hashtag podcast. This is episode four, and we are so excited about this episode because we have a special guest with us here today who's going to be talking to us about trauma and this great trauma center that we have here in Broward County called the Nancy J. Cotterman Center. So um, I first want to introduce you, Desmond Fung. Did I say that right this time? Yes, you Fung. did. I'm with a really good accent, yes. too. Oh All gosh. of a sudden, I... Desmond Fung. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I just want to share. So I met Desmond at a, um, an event that I actually was trembling to do. So uh, a guy that I know runs this organization called the New City Players, and it's basically like a theater performance where they have different types of... Acting. It's a troupe. It's, it's a, a troupe. troupe. It's, it's an a acting tr- troupe. Troupe. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. And they basically do these talks once a month or once a week where it's like a forum and they go over different topics. So one week they went over feminism, homelessness, and then this specific time they did uh, the Me Too movement. And they wanted me, <laughs> I was shocked that they asked me, but they wanted me as an expert on this panel of mental health counselors and trauma specialists. So I was really honored, but I have a huge fear of public speaking. Like I would say probably most of America does. Shout out if you're nervous about speaking in public. Um, so I had this this uh, fear that was like plaguing me all two weeks prior to going onto the stage. So the day of, I was literally going back and forth in my mind, like, oh, I'm gonna be sick. I'm not going to show up. Maybe I won't go. Maybe they'll cancel it. Maybe like the storm will come through. I don't know. I was hoping for anything to happen, but it didn't. And I had to show up and I, I ended up um, practicing in the mirror like every minute my speech. Um, but when I ended up getting there, I met Desmond and I thought he was super sweet. He was very calming. And um, I also was with one of our in-house counselors who's also on the podcast, not today, Kristen Torres. And um, it ended up being awesome. And I was really proud of myself for stepping out because the reality is, is that when you do speak out and you do what you're called to do, um, people's lives get touched and changed. And all all people need is a little bit of vulnerability. And that's what I did. And I'm not trying to pat myself on my back, but I am because I was really proud I'll, of myself. I'll pat you on the thank back. Thank you. Could you do me a favor? And I'll pat Nicole thank and you. Desmond. Oh, my thank you. <laughs> we I, all, was, uh, I was just a little person in the audience. I was not on the panel, but I got to witness these two people really do so phenomenally. Well, you were um, recording our 
social media. That's right. I wasn't a little person in the audience. Yes. I'm the social media manager. So I was taking really important pictures for our Instagram stories. Exactly. So you matter. Okay. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. Never minimize. Exactly. Thank wow. you, Desmond. Gosh. Okay. So now we want to focus on you, Desmond. So tell us exactly what is the Nancy J. Cotterman Center? Well, so the Nancy J. Cotterman Center is Broward County's only certified rape crisis center and child advocacy center. So what that basically means is that in certain other counties in Florida, you might have a situation where if someone gets assaulted, law enforcement would take them to first possibly to a hospital for an examination, uh, possibly the rape kit at the hospital if they offer that service. And then they would perhaps go to their station, obtain the statement there, and then send them off to another place to get some counseling. So at the end of it all, you're possibly looking at four to five different stops. In Broward County, we're a little bit different because we have all the services under one building. So we are able to offer the forensic medical examination, the rape kit, counseling services, and also just guiding them through the process. Because once you have that kind of trauma in your life, it really helps when you have someone to guide you through that. And that's the uh, services that we do offer, we are able to do that for them. That's awesome. And how long has the center been around? We are in our 42nd year of operation, so it's been over wow. 40 years. Wow. So it's um, we used to be known as the Sexual Assault Treatment Center, but we did a little re- rebranding a few years ago just simply because it wasn't just what we did. We did more than that. Right. So tell us about some of the immediate services that you offer. If someone, you know, is listening to the podcast and they've they know they've been a victim of sexual abuse and they need help, what what do we do? Well, one of the uh, services that we offer is a 24-hour hotline. So if someone has a question about what's going uh, what they're going through or just need some guidance, they can always call the the 24-hour hotline. Uh, we also provide um, crisis counseling. So it's one of those things where if you show up at our office, we're not going to turn you away. We will do our best to provide uh, some sort of guidance for you. And um, you, you can always call ahead and make a, an appointment too. So those are some of the steps that you can take if you have something that's happening to you or a friend or a family member. Okay. Now, what would a forensic examination consist of? So the forensic examination consists of, um, it starts off with a head-to-toe check. So we've got a... Um, a a uh, advanced uh, practice registered nurse. They will do the examination. They will do the head-to-toe check, much like you do when you go to a doctor. Uh, they also then will go ahead, and depending on what's told to the nurse and the statement that's provided, they would then do some swabs um, for the rape kit if it's a sexual assault, or just take photographs if it's um, something on the child protection team side where a child is physically abused. They would take photographs, document the injuries, and kind of come up with a medical explanation as to how that could have possibly happened. Um, the one thing that I always want to say is that just because you don't see any injuries doesn't mean something didn't happen. Mm, that's so true. Um, and now, do you find that a lot of people are willing to come here and do these tests, or do they have to get over like a hurdle of doing that portion? Because I can see how that can be really violating. Yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely um, a lot of um, of barriers that can come into play. So one of the things we talked about at that forum that you you mentioned that we had met at was um, the fear, the apprehension, sometimes even shame. Mm -hmm. That those are some of the biggest barriers that we see a lot of our clients um, have have expressed when they're seeking help. So 
that's one of the things that, that really prevents a lot of people from, from making a report. In fact, this, the recent statistics show that um, out of a thousand uh, assaults that we know of, and this is just done post, uh, it's, it's kind of like a study that they send out surveys and it's just um, anonymous uh, reports. So out of a thousand um, people that have said that they have been assaulted, about maybe 230 have been actually um, reported to police. Then the numbers just get a little bit more sobering as we go along. So out of that 230 that got reported, maybe five of those cases end up getting convicted and those five perpetrators may go to jail. So that's about about 2% mm. of, all, of all incidences. And um, that's just something that is, is a big issue. I mean, less than, less than uh, 25% report their, uh, their assault. And that, that's something that we're trying to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a hard thing to change because every person, almost every person who's gone through one of our Trees of Hope studies um, didn't report. It's rare to have somebody come up and say, I reported, this is the outcome, they went to jail, blah, blah, blah. It's usually, hey, I said something to my mom or my dad. They didn't believe me. They re-victimized me by making me feel like I was making it up. Then you start believing like you're going crazy. And then you never want to say anything because it's shame on top of shame. And then, then they're calling you a liar. Right, absolutely. And so that's a huge problem. So how do you think you can break down that wall? Some of the ways that you could possibly break down that wall is just having even a resource that you can contact. So again, you know, if you if you are in uh, Broward County, you can always call the 24-hour helpline, which, by the way, I uh, forgot to give it earlier. It's uh, 954-761, and then you're going to spell out the word rape, which is 7273. Um, if you are a listener that's not in Florida, um, or sorry, not in Broward County, but in, in Florida or a different part of the nation, there's an, there's an 800 number that you can call through the RAIN network, and that's 1-800-656, and you spell out the word HOPE, which is 4673. Mm-hmm. And that will route you to your local um, center based upon your area code of the phone that you're calling from. Mm. Now, of those reportings or people who call, do you find that help happens right away? we can at least start the process of getting them to where they need to go to. So a lot of the times when we get those calls on the hotline, we do get a lot of people that go, I don't know what to do. That is usually the first thing that comes out of their mouth or they go, no one believes me. And it's almost like they're asking, please believe me. And that's exactly what we do, we believe them. We just try to guide them and give them their options. We can't make the decision for them, but we can at least present them what all their options are and they can pick the one that's best for them. Yeah, I know. I think back on when I was sexually abused or what I had gone through, and if I if I had spoken up, that's one, I think I would have been on a better healing journey. But number mm-hmm. two, if maybe my parents asked me the right questions and it ended up coming out, and just the simple loving touch of I believe you, it could literally change everything for that child or for that person just be, by being believed. Mm-hmm. And you've, you see that people like, they, they come through, right? They end up wanting to come through. They end up wanting to find that healing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what does a forensic medical exam or any of these medical exams cost somebody? Okay. So the examinations and all of our services are actually free of charge to the client. 
So there's a little bit, obviously, some some behind the scenes work that that makes that possible. But the important message that we want to get across to our clients is that all our services are free of charge to you. You are not required to give us any kind of information. Information you, we don't send you a bill or anything like that. It's just completely free of charge, no strings attached. Mm. And so, if I do come and report my sexual abuse, does that mean that there's an there's like the next steps would be where the perpetrator or somebody who is doing the sexual abuse to me will be contacted or anything like that? That's a um, that's actually a very um, there's a lot of layers to that question there. So. Um, for for the standpoint of the Nancy J. Kahneman Center, we will never contact the uh, the alleged perpetrator in um, any type of case. We strictly work with uh, law enforcement, and we act and as the consultants to law enforcement and um, the um, child protective investigations. So that's not something that we do, and that's something that we leave to the professionals that are doing the investigation to make those contacts if they need to. So what would you say one word would be that, like, would sum up the Nancy J. Cotterman Center? Ooh, that's a tough one. One word to sum up the Nancy J. Cotterman Center. The uh, one word. I have a word if you don't have one, because I have one. Okay. Well, if, if I had to come up with one word, um, it is healing. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, that's so perfect. Because that's really what you're doing. You're doing everything, all the steps to help them like at trees of hope we can't offer what you guys offer Mm -hmm. so when somebody calls us and they're freaking out panicking they need help right away trees of hope isn't equipped to do that so we want to point them to a service that can do that that can meet their immediate Mm -hmm. needs so we don't care about how it's met we care that they get healing that they begin that healing journey and that's by doing all the steps that you're offering Mm -hmm. and for free (laughs) it's crazy so then after that, they have what? they After they've gone through the initial um, process of everything, what happens next in their life? So after they go through the initial process, so uh, depending on whether you're, you're a child or an adult, um, there's, there's two different paths and possibly two different units that you're going to be going through. So if you're a child, you go through the child protection team, provided the caregiver is the one that's um, the contributor to the abuse. Um, and they would basically uh, follow through follow the kind of the, 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 the guidelines of uh, child protective investigations and also their recommendations that are made um, as a team. It's, it's all treated together as one multidisciplinary team where they collaborate with a set of recommendations in the best interest of that child. Mm-hmm. So that's typically what happens next is that whatever recommendations are made, uh, we, it would be passed along to the parents, law enforcement, and whoever else is involved in that child's life to ensure that child remains safe. When it comes to an adult, uh, typically what happens is that if we're talking about a sexual abuse case, they would go through our services. So, for example, they come in for the forensic medical examination. We get a rape kit completed on them. We would then offer them uh, services uh, such as counseling in-house. We do have uh, in-house counselors. And... All of our counselors are uh, TFCBT, uh, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral uh, therapy, and a couple of them are actually trained in, in EMDR, which is the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, uh, much like Kristen uh, is is trained in. So we do have a, a gamut of ways of helping them. Now, if we're not a good fit because we only offer in-house um, therapy at this time, we do not do uh, in-home. That may be something that's in the works in the future, but for right now, it's just in-house. 
that's um, if we're not that a good fit for that particular um, reason, we can always refer out to other agencies that might be able to do in-house uh, therapy. And, and we have partnerships with um, other other agencies such as uh, Henderson, Chrysalis, um, these these names in Broward County that, that can provide that service. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't guarantee that it's a free service, but at least it, it allows them to get started and get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. How important is it that somebody does take that next step into the individual counseling part of this? It's really on an on an individual basis because there are some people that are just not ready right away, and that's okay. That's just part of their their journey through the healing process. Um, for the for a large majority of them, they they are wanting to speak to someone or at least have the option of having someone to speak to, to kind of work through the trauma. And that's something that we we do emphasize is that whenever you're ready, and that's always how we phrase it is that whenever you're ready, because it has to be your choice to want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that choice was unfortunately taken away from them, and that's why they ended up coming to our center to begin with. So we never, ever want to impose or force any kind of decision on them and just let them be the ones that choose what's best for them. We'll gently guide them as far as um, their questions and if they have any concerns about possibly starting therapy, we can address that right then, the, the same day that they come into our center. That's awesome. Anissa, how important has individual or counseling been in your life? Well, honestly, a lot of what Desmond has been saying, I think there being a place where everything is so comprehensive, you have a place that caters to so much. Uh, One of the biggest things, one of the reasons why I didn't report was because I felt like there's going to be a million people that I have to talk to in a million places that I would have to go to. And that's so daunting and so intimidating when you feel like you have to figure out, okay, what does it look like for me to go to a hospital? and say this is what happened to me and then not knowing what that looks like and then the legal part of it where if I get an exam does that mean I'm reporting what type of questions are they going to ask me is this going to be held against me so honestly everything that Desmond has been saying is so just appealing coming from like the standpoint of someone who was sexually assaulted thinking as a victim like how important all of it is but with individual counseling and having someone to refer you to another place too is just that was my biggest turning point was going to a counselor to a therapist and I again I I know I already stated I didn't report but I mean I didn't do any of these things because I obviously didn't know at the time I was in high school that there was a place that was so all-inclusive and so you know encompassing every part of this Desmond was saying you know to, to guide I didn't have anyone guiding me. I didn't Mm -hmm. talk to anyone about anything. So I just, I didn't know. But honestly, the counseling is the fact that that is a service provided is massive, especially at no cost. Right. It's wild. That's crazy. And one of the other things that we do in in terms of when you mentioned guiding is that all of our crisis counselors, especially in, in the unit I work for, which is the crisis unit, we we all offer the ability to be with you as a support system if you choose to if say for example you come in and you you don't really want to report it but you just want to get the kit done you can do that that's that's an option and we'll hang on to that kit for uh, at this point um, our policy is uh, six months to a year and that gives you some time to make that decision if you want to make that report and then when you do we can de- be there with you at the police station or wherever jurisdiction that it happened and we can be there as your support system now we can't speak on the uh, survivor's behalf but sometimes just having someone there knowing that you have a support system that will back you up no matter what 
is enough to get you the strength to go ahead and say what you need to say. And one of the things that we also do is we advocate for for our survivors' rights. I mean, sometimes, let's face it, um, some survivors get treated pretty badly because they're not believed for whatever reason or it seems like their story is just so outlandish according to the, the police officers that, that have to hear these stories. They, they sometimes don't believe certain things. And we're there just to kind of gently remind them that, hey, you know, she took a lot for her, for him or her to come up and say that this happened to them. So, you know, just, just listen to what they have to say. I mean, you guys will have to go through the investigation anyway, so what does it hurt to believe what this person has to say to begin with and, and see where the facts lie? Mm-hmm. That's so important. And how long do you guys offer the individual counseling for, for free? So it, it really depends on each individual person. So some people might be fine after a few months. Uh, some might take a little bit longer than that. It really is assessed on, on an individual level. So it's really hard to say for how long, but throughout the entirety of the time that, that you are in counseling over at our center, there's not gonna be a charge. So I could go for years if I need that? Uh, in, in a sense, yes, okay. yes. Um, but of course, you know, we would say that if you, you're in, in uh, our facility for, for years and there's not been much progress, I think it's a failure on our part, so we would definitely have to reevaluate that. But, you know, uh, <laughs> no, as far as, the, yeah. yeah. But as far as, like, yeah, if you're in our center for, like, say, 18 months and there's progress and it's going well and there's now a plan for a discharge where six months in there wasn't any plan for discharge just because there wasn't that progress Mm -hmm. Um, all that is covered Mm -hmm. there is not a charge to the client so good so on the flip side of what you guys do you you really focus on individual care so at trees of hope the thing that we focus on is group healing and the reason why we are such advocates for the group sessions are because in a group you will find that you have like-minded people um who have gone through something similar to what you've gone through, which is meant to help you feel not alone. And then in addition to that, it's kind of normalizes what's happened to you. Not that we want to make it normal, but it makes it like you're not out there, you know, this weirdo that some weird thing has happened to you. And I have the first group that I went through was I've gone through three now, but I've led to the first group I went through. I my biggest fear was that I wasn't sexually abused enough to show up. So I felt scared, like I'm going to be so like everyone's going to have these crazy stories and I'm just going to be this little loser over here with this bad, this little story. And like I'm making a big deal about this. And that's the one thing that we want to make sure anybody knows that comes through Trees of Hope or ends up calling us and needing our online group or anything. No matter how severe your story is, it matters. It definitely matters and it's worth going through the healing journey. And I am the first to say I thought I was healed a hundred times over, but new layers of that keeps coming up down the road. I'm newly married two years, two and a half years, and something I never thought I would deal with back when I wasn't married is intimacy and that's a direct direct reflection of the abuse I went through and then also my family unit Mm -hmm. so I you know we all we're struggling people like we're not perfect (laughs) I'm constantly finding like 
I'm, I'm evolving all of the ways. New, always. Yeah, Into new circumstances new, yeah. always reveal new things about yourself or uncover something that you did think that you were totally over, over. 100%. Yeah. Me too. I, I'm a firm believer that everyone could go to counseling at any point in their life and talk about anything going on with them. Yeah, Absolutely. I literally see a counselor every three weeks. I'm proud to say it. We mm-hmm. talk more of a mentorship, but I need that because one my my job here and it's definitely a help you know to get me through some of the stuff i'm dealing with here but in addition to that i'm not always mentally stable and i need help okay and i know i know all my friends like they love me to death but i know i can be weird i know i can act out yeah i know i'm crazy too yeah Yeah. (laughs) so if you know if you're a little weird out there like we're in a tribe together okay we love you bud we love you guys (laughs) All right, so I feel like that was such a great, like such great information. So is there anything else that you want to lead our listeners to? Is there anything else they can contact or anything like that? Well, I would just say that if you have, if if any of uh, your listeners are out there that, that just don't even know what the first step is, just pick up the phone and call, um, you know, for help. I mean, even if you dial 211 Broward, um, which is just the number 211, it would get you. It would get you to one of our crisis counselors that are manning the phone twenty four hours a day. So if even at three o'clock in the morning you can't sleep and you just it's weighing heavily on your mind and you just want to talk to someone about it, someone will pick up the phone and someone will be able to guide you through your options. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I would say is to to call, ask mm-hmm. ask for help, and we would definitely be able to point you in at least the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and present the uh, options available. Um, if you are a family member or a friend of someone that you know that has been through something like this, uh, we, that that phone number is available to you too. You can always call for some guidance. And, and the main thing is just to first listen. Listen to what, what they're, they're going through, what they have to say. And from that point on, you can just always offer to help them in, in the sense of, hey, let, let's make this call together or hey, let's make this report together. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just those two things can impact a survivor's well-being more than you can imagine. So just just having someone to be there and listening and believing and being willing to say, let's do this together. And, and that's ultimately what we're, we're trying to do. And that's what it's all about is that, you, you know, once even coming to our center, we're in it together. We're not just like, okay, well, this is this is your case, this is your problem, you know, you got to make these choices. It's more of like, okay, so let's figure this out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's all about how you, you, you put it together and phrase it for the survivor. And really, we just want to be there for them and support them and let them know that whenever you come through our doors, you're safe. And whatever you say, we will we'll go, forward, go forward with it and we won't we, we don't judge you for for anything that comes through. It's exactly like you said. Sometimes people come in and they uh, feel like they're the freak in the group or their story doesn't matter. Everyone's trauma is different. Everyone's trauma is significant. It doesn't have to be, oh, well, that one sounds worse than mine, so that must be more important. No, it's important to them, but it's, yours is important too. And that's the important thing that I want to get across. Yeah. And and I don't know why, but I feel compelled to speak to that person that's minimizing. 
I did that for years in my life and I'm just now finally walking in that person that I know I was created to be or that I have always hoped to be and that is a person who's free, who's able to speak up, who's confident in the things I'm saying when it comes to my sexual abuse. When someone hits me with things like, oh, well, that wasn't sexual abuse. I know what I had went through was sexual abuse and nobody can change my mind. So I just want to encourage you that if you're someone that's going back and forth, was this sexual abuse? Am, have I been sexually abused? I don't know. I don't think it affects me. It's things like that. You know, take a good look in the mirror and ask yourself, is this really the way you want to live? And if it's not, are you willing to take that next step? And I'm, I'm telling you, it was the most freeing step I've ever taken in my entire life. This will go down in the history of my life as the moment where my life changed was the day that I realized that what I had gone through was sexual abuse, called it as such, and made moves to find healing. So I hope that if you're listening, you're that person and that you can use the Nancy J. Cotterman Center um, or use any of our services at the Trees of Hope um, organization. So anything else you want to add? Well, I think, too, even the really staggering statistic of only 2% of alleged perpetrators being convicted, I don't think that that should ever discourage anyone from reporting. I think that's important to note. I mean, I didn't know it was that low that only 2% of alleged perpetrators or perpetrators are actually convicted, but... I, I think that can be discouraging to hear that, but if you are someone that's being sexually abused or has experienced sexual assault, I think you should definitely take up this opportunity at the Nancy J. Cotterman Center to go and you know receive all of these free services and then from there go forward with reporting if it's something that you feel comfortable doing because, I mean... Absolutely, and, and reporting is such a, a big topic nowadays that... And the thing that we would like to say at the Nancy J. Cotterman Center is that in order for an issue to be seen, you have to bring it into the light and it has to be exposed for what it is. If if no one reports anything, how would anyone know anything happened? Exactly. So by bringing it to light, you're, you're actually doing more good, not only for yourself, but also for, for future for survivors others. and others that may be going through something similar to you. So um, just once again, I just want to give out the, the numbers that people um, can call if they need assistance. So our 24-hour helpline is 954-761-7273. And if you're outside of Broward County, you can always call the national hotline, which is 1-800-656-4673. That's so good. Perfect. One other question that just sparked me um, is you... The Nancy J. Cotterman Center will offer services that are, let's say I had been sexually abused years ago and I'm now coming to terms with it and I need help, but I don't, I can't afford a counselor counselor, like, you know, like with Trees of Hope or anything. Do you offer services to somebody who's not in like a trauma moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, we, we've had calls where we, I had a lady that, that called um, a little while ago on the hotline and said that it's been 50 years since, um, I've actually never said anything to anyone. It's been 50 years, and I, I, I think it's about time I got help. And my first my first impression was, okay, well, great. This is great that you finally have the strength to say that, and I thank you for calling. And I'm great, you know, grateful that you did call. Let's let's get you some assistance. And I got our information forwarded to our counseling unit, and um, 
you know, she got the help that she finally uh, has been seeking for, really for so heavy. long. Yeah, it's so it's never too late. That's, never. It's never too late. Yeah, and that's really what I wanted to close with. So thank you so much for being here, Desmond. You, you have blessed us with this information, and um, we will see you next week on episode five. Bye, guys. Bye.